Welcome to episode 309 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, biohacker and author of What Win Wine. Lose weight and feel great with paleo-style meals, intermittent fasting, and wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow, nurse practitioner and author of Intermittent Fasting Transformation, the 45-day program for women to lose stubborn weight, improve hormonal health, and slow aging. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and cynthiathurlow.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this show do not constitute medical advice or treatment, and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. So, pour yourself a mug of black coffee, a cup of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of premium grass-fed, grass-finished steak tips, all for free, plus $20 off. That's right, we're talking pounds of meat for free, plus $20 off. Friends, I love meat and seafood. My favorite way to get it is ButcherBox. It has been for years, and it's one of those things where I just sort of become more and more obsessed the more I use it. Especially with all the greenwashing that's going on today with meat and seafood, there's a lack of transparency, it can be hard to know what you're actually getting, and it can be expensive. ButcherBox addresses all of that. By directly partnering with farmers and fishermen, ButcherBox cuts out the middleman of the grocery store and directly delivers delicious meat and seafood straight to your door. And they have the highest standards. Their salmon, for example, is wild caught. Their beef is 100% grass fed and 100% grass finished. Their chicken is free range and organic, and it all tastes delicious. I love their chicken, love their meat, love their seafood. They have amazing scallops as well. And you can really find the collection of food that you want that works for you and your family. They have curated boxes, so you can get exactly what you want as fresh as possible because yes, meat and seafood that is immediately frozen is fresher than meat that is waiting out and never frozen. That's because it's frozen at its peak of freshness. It's funny because people kind of think it would be the opposite. Like, oh, I need never frozen meat and seafood. No, 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 no. You want frozen. You want meat and seafood that was immediately frozen and then shipped to you, which is what ButcherBox does. I eat a lot of steak at restaurants. ButcherBox's fillets are divine, way better than anything I would get at a restaurant. Their other cuts are amazing as well. With their seafood, I know I can trust them that I'm actually getting what they say because yes, there is a lot of scams in the seafood industry and their chicken also tastes amazing. It's free range and organic and tastes delicious. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner and ButcherBox has an incredible offer for our audience. You can have your choice of a weeknight meal essential for free in every order for a whole year. Just go to butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use ifpodcast to choose either three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of grass-fed, grass-finished premium steak tips plus $20 off. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use code ifpodcast to choose your free offer and get that $20 off. Butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast with code ifpodcast. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. 
One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 309 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Cynthia Thurlow. Hey, Melanie, how are you? I'm good. How was you went? It was a low carb conference. In Denver? It was. And I have to say that the quality of the speakers and clinicians and researchers was just phenomenal. It was so nice to be at a big event and feel like everyone really brought really strong presentations and lecture skills. And obviously, I love being in Denver. My mom and her siblings grew up in Denver. So I spent most of my summers there and I've forgotten about the altitudes. <laughs> so. For those who are coming from the East Coast or at sea level, I don't care how fit you are. If you're sensitive to altitude like I am, boy, it was like the first 24 hours and then, 
you know, tracking or ring data and trying not to, you know, obsess over the fact that I just could not stay hydrated. It's really always fascinating to me, but I, I think this was much more magnified because I was doing so much talking and socializing much more than I would normally do, but it was a great, it was a great experience. Always good to see so many of those people that I really appreciate and value in the space. And you met Rick Johnson? I did. He is even more delightful in person. And he's so gracious. And I I think your listeners, my listeners know this, certainly is one of the most downloaded podcasts for 2022. And, you know, he sat in on my lecture and sat in, you know, we had a a panel afterwards and Sean Baker was on that panel and some other very recognizable people. And he was so gracious. I mean, there are people asking questions that were better suited for him. And so I would say, Dr. Rick, did I get that right? (laughs) He was so just such a lovely human being. He is as delightful as, as one could imagine to meet him in person. And, and I'm sure he probably reached out to you as well and has a, a new paper that he wants to discuss. And so I was, you know, saying, I was like, you know, you're, you're an A plus plus list player. Anytime you want to come on the podcast, he's just a wonderful human being and so smart and just humble and gracious and lovely. And it's just, it's nice to have people like that in the space. Oh, yeah. I love him so much. He emailed his new paper. It's with Dr. Perlmutter. He is with Perlmutter. And I think Brett, Dale Bredesen too. And it's about the connection of, I think, fructose to Alzheimer's. I haven't read it yet. I just looked at the the title. But I was like, of course, you could come back on. And then he was like, I'm going to low-carb Denver, and I'm going to see Cynthia. And I just love that man. Well, and what's funny is I talked about something that I don't typically talk about, certainly not a whole lot on social media, certainly not at an event like that. And so... For anyone out there who, when you do something new and you feel like you have a little bit of imposter syndrome, although I'm very comfortable speaking to an audience, and, and there I am, and I've got, I've got, you know, Rick Johnson in the audience, who's really the fructose expert, and there I am talking about the obese, insulin-sensitive patient and reviewing research. It was really, really interesting. But yeah, it was, it was a great experience as always. There were a lot of amazing people there, like Ben Azadi and Dr. Gabrielle Lyon and you know, Ken Berry and Chris Palmer, I mean, just heavy hitters in that space that are doing such amazing work. And even a few people I I had not yet met before, which was nice. I always enjoy meeting new people. There were individuals that, you know, traveled from outside the United States that were Australian physicians and, you know, Israeli physicians that were there that are using keto therapeutically with their patients. And so it was, it was exciting to be there. And obviously, meet so many people that listen to this podcast and my podcast and follow us on social media. It was really, it's always, you know, it's one of those things I I love. I love meeting, meeting everyone and talking to everyone. It's a great experience. So fun. I love it. It's funny when I, on the few rare occasions I do travel, I just don't look at my aura ring because I I don't, I don't want to know if I didn't. It was impressive. I mean, my, my readiness score was down by 20, 30 points. And just prior to going on this trip, I have a new functional medicine doc in my area who I think is probably one of the smartest physicians I've ever met in my entire life, which says a lot because I think I've worked with a lot of really amazing clinicians. And he's putting pieces together about my background. And it turns out I have mild dysautonomia. So if any listeners are familiar with POTS, you know, posture orthostatic hypotension. I have a very mild degree of that and and I've always kind of suspected, but I I didn't have it significantly. And certainly we saw a lot of 
very sick people that have that. So never really had that on my radar, but it makes sense why I need electrolytes and water as much as I do. And he said, I think you've figured that out for yourself and you've done that for a long time. And I think if you didn't take such good care of your health, you probably would not be feeling quite so good, but I failed a bunch of tests. So very humbling. So on top of knowing that about myself, I just kept saying, I can't stay hydrated enough. It's just with the elevation and you know, I, I drank two liters of watermelon when I landed and I still was dehydrated, even with electrolytes. I was like doubling up on element, like two packets of element in every thing of water I was drinking and still couldn't get over that hump. It was very humbling, <laughs> very humbling, exceedingly humbling. So, wow. When did you find that out? Just recently? Gosh, probably about a week and a half ago. And so the provider I'm working with has got me testing all sorts of things. And, you know, he was very, he was like, listen, I think you're hypermobile, you've got dysautonomia, it, it just there were all, you know, you've got this gut health, these autoimmune things that are going on and and he's kind of connecting all the pieces, which no one's ever done for me before. And so I feel like maybe finally we'll get some some good answers. I think all of us deserve to have really good care and really good clinicians. But I feel like for me personality wise, I'm really well matched with this individual. He's actually been a guest on the podcast. Ironically, the new city that we moved to, he happened to be here. And so it has worked out very serendipitously, but he knows how to handle me. And I say that with love and reverence because there, there's generally nothing worse than another healthcare provider as your patient. But I just, I just said, listen, I surrender. I'm not going to micromanage. I'm very directable, very coachable. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. I may have to think about it before I do it, but I'm going to do it. So, wow. Well, I hope it's empowering that you learn, you know, how to come out better knowing now that you have that. That's crazy. I think it's, it's definitely one of those things, you know, when the provider becomes a patient, you really have to put your trust in someone. And, and I feel very grateful that I'm in a position that I can, I can have him as my healthcare practitioner and, someone that I know is going to, you know, move, move heaven and hell if necessary to, to get the answers. And so, yeah, we've got all sorts of gadgets. I'll have to put this on stories. Like we're testing our water, but it's like, it it's testing water to a degree to which I've never, never, never seen this kind of testing before. So there's a whole kit in my kitchen that I have to take care of after this call, test our water. Cause he, he's not, he's convinced that there, there's something unique to Richmond. And so, yeah, never a dull moment. So the, the provider is now the patient. So keep us updated. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a little crazy. Like my husband was like, you're already a little like intense. And now it's like taking it up a hundredfold. And I was like, well, it's okay. Cause it's me. I don't stress about it. I'm just like, we're going to get information. It's all good. Yeah. It's the way I am for sure. I have an announcement for listeners and hopefully people were on the email list so that they got this announcement, but we are doing, I'm going to try to extend it through today for people who are listening to our show today, a launch special where you can actually get 25% off grandfathered in for life. So if you are enjoying Sarah Peptase, want to keep it in your life, now is the time. If you currently have a subscription, you can switch over to this bottle option. We're going to be sending an email about that. And even if you're on the current subscription and you didn't get that amazing discount, when you switch over, you will get it. So like now is the time. But just as a brief refresher for people. So Serapeptase is a proteolytic enzyme created by the Japanese silkworm, and it breaks down proteins in your body 
problematic proteins, not the good proteins that you want to keep. It's not autophagy, but it's kind of like that concept that we talk about a lot. And so it can help with inflammation. It will completely clear your sinuses. It can reduce cholesterol, break down fibroids. It's just anti-inflammatory. So many things. I'm obsessed with it. That's why I made it for my first supplement. So definitely consider getting that subscription. And again, the information about it was sent on the email list. So that's at avalonx.us slash email list. And then also you can get text updates if you text avalonx to 877-861-8318. And then just as a reminder, the reason I made this whole line is because I'm very suspicious about supplements and I wanted to create the highest quality, best of the best of everything. And that's honestly what this is. And oh, something really exciting, Cynthia. Last week, there was this report on a major news site. It was like a major report about berberine and it it was very like third party objective. Like I was not involved in this at all. (laughs) And it was exciting because they were talking about the berberine market and like listing all these brands. And then they had a section where they talked about up and coming berberine brands and they included me. I was so excited. It makes me feel like a real, I don't know, a real product creator. Like seeing the stuff getting picked up in third party organic news is very, very exciting. So yeah, that's wonderful. And, you know, I think it's probably very affirming to know that that was included in that publication. It was really exciting. So lots of good things coming, but yeah. Anything else from you? Yeah. The thing that's really exciting, my second supplement in Ocetol will be out in a couple of days and we'll have a whole episode. The next episode after this, we'll be talking about the science behind it, why I chose to select this as the next supplement in my line. The creatine has just done so well, even with subscriptions. I've been really very grateful and humbled and the feedback on it has been amazing. And I know that the inositol will will be the same. And for anyone that's listening that's not familiar with that, it is a supplement that has been really well researched, helpful for not just metabolic health, but also brain and cognition sleep support in particular, helping to induce sleep. And if you wake up in the middle of the night, it helps people get back to sleep as well. And even Huberman Lab has been talking about myo-inositol. So from my perspective, it's another supplement that a lot of clinicians and researchers are speaking up about in greater support of. And it's just an easy way to support the body. I've been taking it for over a year, and I think it's had a lot of net benefit, not only with helping you know, monitor and, and help maintain healthier blood sugars, but also help with sleep support in a way that's really benign. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, I just realized we didn't give links. So my website is avalonx.us. And where can people get that? And where can they get on the email list? And when is the exact launch date? Launch date is March 24th. And you can go directly to my website. There'll be a little box on the main website. So it's www.cynthiatherlow.com. And you'll be able to click on the link and you will get uh, access to the inositol. We're calling it inositol just to keep it. It's a little wordy and it's sometimes kind of awkward to say it, but we'll provide explanations as to what form of inositol it is. It's the one that has all the benefits I referred to. Friends, I am so excited to tell you about one of my new favoriteest things ever. Okay, so you guys know I eat a lot of cucumbers. I don't think that this is any secret. And I find myself throwing away pounds, yes, pounds of cucumber peels every single night. I felt so awful just throwing it in the trash. It seemed like such a waste. I'd always wanted to try composting, aka a sustainable approach to turning food waste into healthy dirt. 
but it seemed really intimidating and not very practical. So it was on the to-do list for quite a while. So you can imagine how thrilled I was when a company called Lomi by Pila reached out to me wanting to sponsor the show. Normally I have to think a little bit about all the brands that reach out to me. I was an immediate yes. I was so excited. I got my Lomi device. It is incredible. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in under four hours. By comparison, if you were to compost naturally, it would probably take at the shortest around six to eight weeks and maybe even up to a year. But nope, with Lomi, I can literally do it in four hours. There's no smell when it runs and it is super quiet. I've been using Lomi for a few months now. It is substantially reducing my waste. I was taking out garbage bags all the time. It's probably cut that down by about 30 to 50%. In fact, I love it so much that I bought another Lomi for my parents for Christmas. So now with my Lomi, I throw out way less garbage. That means that waste is not going to landfills and producing methane. Instead, I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that you can actually use to feed your plants. And Lomi is super cool. It has three different settings. It has the Eco Express setting, which is low energy consumption, provides the fastest results, and is good for your food waste. It has the Lomi Approved setting, that's five to eight hours, and you can actually put in Lumi Approved bioplastics and other compostable commercial goods and packaging that are Lumi Approved. And then there's the Grow Mode, that's 24 hours. It's low heat with a longer duration, and that actually preserves the microorganisms the most to help the soil and promote carbon storage in the soil. I am all about regenerative agriculture. So the fact that we can help put carbon back into the soil is so, so incredible. Lomi is something I have instantly fallen in love with. And if you guys are anything like me, I know you will as well. Turn your food waste into dirt with the press of a button with Lomi. Use the code IFPODCAST to save $50 at Lomi.com slash IFPODCAST. That's L-O-M-I dot com slash IF podcast with the promo code IF podcast to save $50. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. Well, we can jump into some questions for today. So to start things off, this is leftover from our AMA grab of questions that comes from Amy and she wants to know what are the benefits of GI detox and juicing products? with a fasting schedule. And I know we've talked about this on the show before, but I don't think we have with you, Cynthia. So I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. You know, I I have differing opinions on some of these things. So GI detox is a binder and it can bind to, you know, a lot of different things that you're exposed to. I I take GI detox with me when I travel in case I, God forbid, happen to expose get a little bit of food poisoning or get exposed to things I I don't want. So binders kind of act as a catcher's mitt. So whether it's heavy metals or toxins that you're exposed to, I always like to remind people that GI detox in particular is a branded supplement of binder, usually has apple pectin, some dichotomous clay or earth. And you just want to make sure that if you're consuming the GI detox, you're not taking it around other products, supplements, or medications because it will bind kind of like a catcher's mitt, it'll bind to everything that you're exposed to. So usually I'll say 30 to 60 minutes prior to a meal or two hours after. So if you're taking in a fasting window, likely not an issue, but just being conscientious about what you're taking around it. Juicing products, you know, it's kind of a fun variation of 
fasting while still getting some nutrients. Now, again, you're going to technically break a clean fast. I do have this as a variation in my book. People can utilize, but I'm talking about green juices. I'm not talking about sugary juices. I'm talking about cold pressed juice that has not been pasteurized. So either making your own or purchasing from an organic juice company. I like the weekly juicery. That's usually who I recommend. I don't have an affiliate link. I do, I do just like their products and they can ship within the United continental United States. But we're talking about green juices, green juices that are not going to have this adverse net effect on blood sugar. And there's a couple different ways to do it. Some people just use the green juice to break their fast as an opportunity just to stay hydrated. Some individuals like to consume six juices throughout the day and just have a digestive rest day. So again, this is kind of a another idea around fasting. It's not clean fasting because you're actually consuming some food, but a lot of my my patients and clients like this because it's just a hydration piece and then they're super well hydrated throughout the day. But I think that it's important just to know we're not talking about the pasteurized juices at your grocery store that have 30 grams of sugar per juice. This is really green juicing. So it's mostly, you know, it's very herbaceous. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Whether it's kale or celery, I mean, these are very herbaceous juices that don't have, they have little to no sugar in them. And again, weekly juicery is who I usually point people to because they ship throughout the United States and it's organic and it's cold pressed and it's not heat pasteurized. So it doesn't denature the intrinsic enzymes of the vegetables, or maybe they've got lemon. It's not going to denature the the properties intrinsically of these items. You mentioned that you've answered this question before. So what were your what were you and Jen saying about these subjects in particular? It's been a while. I'm trying to remember Jen's opinion. Well, I remember my opinion, which is still pretty much the same. Although interesting, quick side note, I feel so silly when I was reading this question. I didn't I didn't realize she was talking about a product there with GI detox. I thought she was saying like the benefits for GI detox, but obviously it's a product because that doesn't really make sense in context. So I, juicing, I do, I think it's very nuanced and a little bit complicated because I think people have a, often have a black and white view of juicing where it's like the most amazing thing and they think they just drink all the fruit juices and it's going to save them. Which does seem to happen for some people, but I think often in that case, it's where people are coming off of a, you know, a processed diet, have certain health conditions, and then they go into this state where they're really just giving their GI system a rest because they're basically just taking in instant energy. And then it's high in, you know, vitamins and hydration. And then it, often ends up becoming calorie restriction because it's hard to drink that much juice and be in a calorie excess. Although you can you can do it, especially if you're drinking really sugary drinks. But basically I, I feel like the mechanisms of for why it works probably extend beyond why some people think it works, which is that it's just, you know, this magical juice itself when I think it might be a lot of factors involved when you get really, I don't want to say restrictive, but there, there's a lot of factors that going in besides the actual juice. So there's, like I just said, the rest of the GI system, the ease of processing that energy and something else really interesting. And this might be getting a little bit like on tangents, but so another thing about juicing is that it is essentially a fat free. If you're, so if you're doing like a juice fast is what I'm talking about. 
She's talking about juicing products. I guess she might be talking more about having juicing while still eating because having a fasting schedule, but like juice fasts, that essentially is like a completely fat free approach. And people, you know, will do that for like days and people who are really overweight, you know, will do it for, you know, days and days. And I know there's that documentary that made it kind of famous where that guy did it for like weeks. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's like a really famous documentary that I feel like made this really popular. Do you remember? I'm embarrassed to say I don't know. It was fat, sick, and nearly dead. When did that come out? 2010. 60 days. It was an Australian guy and he did it for 60 days. So I feel like that made juicing pretty popular. And then especially things like like medical medium and the celery juice and all of that. The interesting thing I want to say about that is in general, I am very hesitant about hitting our bodies with massive loads of glucose and sugar. I do think in a juicing context, it's a little bit protective because you're literally just (laughs) like taking it in and burning it. And there's no fat with it that would be exacerbating metabolic problems with taking in that high load of sugar. I'm not saying that it's fine to just like take in lots of sugar. There have been studies where people like have health benefits and even beneficial effects on blood sugar levels on extremely high carb diets. For example, there's this really fun blog post by Denise Minger. Did you ever follow her? No. She wrote really, really epic long blog posts that were like very, very solid. And I don't know what she's doing now. She doesn't really blog anymore, but I used to just absorb her content. But she has a really good book called In Defense of Low Fat, A Call for Some Evolution of Thought, part one. I don't know if she ever did the part two because she tends to do like me where she would just post like really epic long blog posts and then you wouldn't hear from her for a while. I'll put a link to it in the show notes though, but she has a really good overview of research done in the 1930s by a guy named Walter Kempner. And he did research on tons of patients. So it says 18,000 patients with kidney issues and diabetes, and he would treat them with essentially a fat-free diet and like reverse their conditions. And I realize I am on a rabbit hole. But the point of this is I think people can get benefits from, ironically, a high glucose load in the context of like an actually fat-free approach with something like juicing. It is not fasting (laughs) in the sense of fasting. Like we talk about, you're not going to be in ketosis. You are taking in nutrients. You're taking in calories. So I just see it as like a different tool or something to try. And I think some people can do really well with it and, you know, do it for however long they're doing it. And some people will have crazy blood sugar swings and it just won't work for them. So I think you need to know you. And then another caveat, I'm glad you brought up the organic bit, Cynthia. I would, and this is just me, I would not juice with conventional juice from anything. Yeah. That actually makes me really nervous because the amount of pesticides and glyphosate and things like that, you're just going to get that in a massive bolus if you're taking in the juice, especially because glyphosate is water-soluble. So you're basically just hitting yourself with a potentially high load of that. And that actually does make me very nervous. And I know that's like debated because some people will say, because this actually for me extends to some produce in general. Some people will say it's better to have you know, conventional produce than none at all. I actually don't know. Like, I wish we had charts that would actually show the amount of pesticides in produce, conventional, 
because it might turn out that some conventional produce is like fine. And it might turn out that some has like, you know, exuberantly high amounts, kind of like mercury and fish. So that's a whole, that's a whole thing to think about. But I also like your idea, Cynthia, about some people opening their window with juicing products. I think that's great. And I also agree with everything you said. Now that I know she's talking about that detox product, you nailed it with all of that. So yeah, and it's and it's interesting. You know, I'll be completely transparent and say that we know that celery juice, as an example, can be anti-inflammatory, always in the context of the individual, because I'm sensitive to oxalates, so I have to be careful how much I do of them. I, I think that has a lot to do with, you know, continued persistent healing of my gastrointestinal tract. But I think for a lot of people, I think it's they're pleasantly surprised at how it makes them just feel more hydrated. And I think it's very individual. Like obviously weekly juicery is an option, or if you have a local juicer, you can make your own. It's just a variation of fasting. I think for some people, they like the novelty of it because it's just different. And so that's certainly you know reasonable. But I love that you brought up the contamination and why it's so important to you know be conscientious about organic options if they're available to you. Yeah, I know we've talked about this before, but I just really think it, is more of an issue than a lot of people realize. And and I think it is a good analogy to mercury and fish because you you don't see it. So you don't like can you imagine like if we could actually see these toxins? Oh God. I, I would probably never leave my house. I mean I, I was telling, I was telling my I was like on social media sharing what my go-to meals are when I'm traveling. And so it's usually like a naked burger or a steak. And so I had a naked burger two days in a row for lunch and then had steak for dinner and I was completely happy but I had dinner with Ben Azadi on the last night. There was like a VIP dinner and we were sitting next to each other and Ben whips out this card that he's created. And, you know, I know that our mutual listeners know Ben because he's been on our podcast and Ben's a really good friend of mine. And it's a card that says he has an allergy to seed oils. And so it's really nicely done. And I looked at Ben and I was like, Ben, I can't worry about that tonight. So he sent his meal back and out came like a meal that had no seed oils and the meal looked completely different. And everyone at the table was like, well, that's great now. <laughs> so it's, it's challenging to navigate going out and, and knowing what you, when you don't have full control over how your meal is prepared and how your food is prepared. And yeah, it was, it led to some very interesting discussions. Of course, everyone at the table was like, that's brilliant that he carries that because his meal looked totally different than our meal did. Well, it's so funny. Two things. One, when he came on my show recently, which we haven't aired it yet, but he talked about that card. So it's exciting to hear hear it in person. What type of restaurant were you at? There was a VIP dinner at the Gaylord Rocky. So this was this big, massive hotel that has like 1,500 rooms. I mean, it's it looks like a mini city. And so we were there having this, it was a keto, low-carb compliant meal, but it still had seed oils in it. And so everyone at the table had just started to eat. And I was like, I'm looking at this beautiful filet, bison filet and asparagus and collie rice. And it looked really good, but it definitely generated some interesting conversation for everyone. It's so funny. So that over the weekend, my brother had his birthday dinner. Have you been to Chattanooga? I have not. Such a cute little city. There is a restaurant there. The chef has five James Beard Awards. It's called Opa. And it's crazy. So like he's this Greek guy and it literally feels like you're in a Greek village and he comes out and he just says meat or no meat. And you just say meat or no meat. And then he he just like brings out the food 
So there's no menu. And he just brings out wine from like his local village and it's all inclusive, free flowing. And then at the end you, you break plates, you like throw and smash plates. It was a, an entire experience, but leading up to it, there was a lot of drama in my family because my family, they like literally, cause it was my brother's fiance planning it. And so they sort of didn't want me to come because they thought I was going to not be able to eat or like have a lot of requests. And I was like, it's fine, guys. I can like adapt. It'll be okay. What's funny is I ended up going and I think everybody realized that they were making a big deal out of nothing because it really was okay. But it was the one time in, I mean, that I can remember that I I wasn't able to make modifications because I didn't want to make I don't know. They they were really specific that they didn't want me to ask for modifications. <laughs> it was really interesting though because I actually called the chef beforehand and was like, "Is it okay if I I was like I really just eat like meat and he was like, "Oh, of course." He's like, "That is my pleasure too." He's like, "I make you happy." So it ended up being fine, but I will just say stepping back from that, I'm going to be so grateful in the future to be able to make modifications because I just feel better. I mean, the food was delicious and I don't know what type of oils it had, if anything. And he does make it all fresh, but I just feel so much better when I do make those restaurant modifications. Like it's just worth it to me. But I do find it really interesting that people, well, it's interesting to hear about that experience with Ben because a lot of people are probably on the same page. It can be hard to navigate the restaurant world and feel like accepted or that it's okay to make those requests. So, yeah. And I think for anyone listening, I, I just stick to the gluten dairy when I'm out. I try very hard to otherwise just be open. Like we don't eat out a lot for a multiplicity of reasons. I actually, all right, here's, here's something to disclose to the listeners. My husband, when I went from being a clinician predominantly to an entrepreneur, he kind of stepped in, he's kind of a little bit OCD about food. So he stepped in as like the head meal prep person. Yes, my husband does meal prep and it's awesome. And I'm grateful for it. We divide and conquer. That's kind of our mindset around household chores and things for the kids. And so, you know, he's he's a really good cook. And therefore, I don't, I actually, I enjoy going out to dinner for more of the social experience, but nine times out of 10, I'd be happier just eating at home. And that's how all of us are. And so, as I'm listening to that, I'm like, we so rarely eat out that when I go out, I try to, you know, make sure we're, you know, going to a locally sourced, you know, they're they're using grass-fed meat and things like that and wild-caught fish. And beyond that, I, I try to just acknowledge, like, I always say it's like 90-10. If I get a little bit of seed oils when I'm out and it's I'm unaware of it, I'm just going to leave it as I'm unaware of it because otherwise I would not enjoy my meal. <laughs> Although I respect people that are even more conscientious than I am about when they go out to dinner. So I'll just, I'll just put that in there is just to say that for full transparency, we like to, we prefer eating in. Yeah. Well, I'm similar to you in that I, well, I do love the food aspect, but I really just love the social aspect of everything. So in general, I think we talked about this on a recent episode as well. That situation aside where there literally was no menu and my family didn't want me to make additional requests, even though interestingly, I will say the chef was so nice. He was like all about it. He kept coming and like checking and being like, are you all happy? And so I think it actually would have been fine if I had made additional requests, but that's okay. I think once you do find your system of ordering, however, makes you happy. So like with you, Cynthia, the gluten-free, dairy-free, and then kind of ending it there. Like I think just finding what works for you. It's the best way to go. And it sounds like Ben's card thing is pretty cool. I should I should get that. 
It's hilarious. I mean, I was like, you're brilliant. I will give you all of the props. I put it in my stories and people were like, how can I get that? (laughs) I was like, if you want exactly this, this is where you go to. But I think it's brilliant. I love it. I love it. Love it. Awesome. All right. Shall we go on to our next question? Yes. This is from Carla. Subject is Botox and autophagy. I've gotten Botox in my forehead for several years. I'm thinking about all the things I want autophagy to do in my body. It begs the question, does autophagy work to clean up the Botox and therefore not work on other more important things? I've started to have this mindset of not wanting to waste my autophagy processes on things I can control. I suspect I am insulin resistant among a few other things, and I think it would be wise to stop Botox for a while until I see improvement in those areas. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, ladies. All right, Carla. So this is a great question. So for listeners who are not, I mean, I think a lot of listeners are familiar with Botox, but I think a lot don't actually, might not realize what it is because I didn't. (laughs) So it is the botulism toxin and it paralyzes muscles. It's preventative. Basically, if you paralyze your muscles, then you're not creating the contractions that create the wrinkles to form in your face in the first place. So it's like freezing your face essentially. And you can also use it for different health conditions. So I've started getting it in my jaw actually for TMJ. So I'm very excited to see how that goes. I mean, it was something that I thought a lot about. And by the way, if you live in Atlanta, I go to Slim Studio. I love them there. If you go, tell them I sent you. But I did a lot of research on it because it is a neurotoxin, which sounds concerning. And I think in the end, it's mostly a cost-benefit thing of are the benefits that you get from that worth whatever detrimental side effects there might be to having that toxin in your body. And most people don't experience any cognitive side effects. Like they don't realize having side effects from the actual neurotoxin in the muscle. Granted, we don't have super duper long-term studies on it, but I think, I just think you have to look at the return on investment for that. As far as Carla's specific question about autophagy, cleaning up Botox, well, stepping, stepping back, on the one hand, I think it's great that things like autophagy and these cellular processes are becoming much more conventional or understood, especially in our world. Moving beyond that, they are so much more complicated than, I mean, definitely than I understand. (laughs) I think a lot of us understand. So I think we tend to see autophagy and we like make these assumptions about what it works and what it does when it's probably a lot more complicated than that. What I mean by that is I don't know that you have this like limited amount of autophagy and that it's cleaning up Botox. I I just don't know that that is what is happening, if that makes sense. So I wouldn't even look, and this is just me, but I wouldn't even look at it in that frame, in that framing. I would look on it more on the the toxin side of things. And because Carla, you talk about having these, you know, different health things that you're working on and wanting to reduce that burden. And I think that's a great framework. So you know, if you're working on health things, you want to do whatever you can to reduce your toxic burden. So that would be all encompassing, you know, your skincare makeup products. We talk about beauty counter all the time on here, your food, your lifestyle. And then when it comes to something like the Botox, so injecting that neurotoxin into your muscle, I think you really have to look at it 
big picture, you know, the potential side effects of that small amount of neurotoxin in your muscle that your body will metabolize at some point compared to the beneficial effects that you get from it. And it might be that the beneficial effects, like the happiness that you get from the Botox, I mean, you can make the case that that, you know, provides so much more because mental and emotional health is really, really important in our health as well. And if it's making you happy, <laughs> then that might outweigh the, the small amount of neurotoxin that you're injecting. So I think you've just got to think about it, look at the cost benefits and see what matters to you. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily look at it in like a, I have this X amount of autophagy that is cleaning up this amount of stuff. Cause I don't even know if autophagy is involved in Botox processing. I Googled it and there was definitely not studies on it. So Cynthia, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I have to agree. I, I don't I don't think the minimal amount of Botox that's being injected into those muscles to paralyze them is per se taking away from the big picture of autophagy that goes on in a fasted state, you know, that upregulation of the waste and recycling process. I, I think that you know, certainly Carla is kind of alluding to some other things that she wants to work on. I, I would worry less about the Botox and I would focus more on reducing her insulin resistance, getting tested, getting information and finding out how all the variables, I mean, I, I literally just talked about this at Low Carb Denver, the insulin sensitive, obese or overweight patient, because I think there's assumptions made. There's certainly lots of things that can be done. Obviously fasting is is one of them, but I, I would turn I would turn your concerns towards the foods that you're eating and your sleep quality and your stress management and you know are you strength training and you know are you you know working through your personal care products and your food and and your environment you know estrogen mimicking chemicals and you know how you know there's this whole toxic theory of obesity and how that can impact insulin resistance i would focus more on those areas is what i'm essentially saying i think that this is there's no research that I was able to find. I concur with you, Melanie. And certainly, I, I think big picture, there are other things to focus on. That's the way to frame it, big picture. I take AG1 several times a week after working out and when I'm ready to break my fast. And it really makes me feel unstoppable. I love to add it to a protein smoothie or actually will drink it with filtered water. And I love both variations. My 17-year-old also enjoys AG1 after a workout to ensure he stays really well hydrated. A great deal of what I focus on in my personal life is ongoing gut health improvement. And I do feel fundamentally that AG1 has contributed significantly to improvements in my gut health over the last three years. I feel as if the key health benefits from multivitamins, minerals, pre and postbiotics all work together synergistically to improve my gut microbiome. And AG1 is way more than just greens. It's important to note that it's made with 75 super high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients that deliver incredible benefits to the gut microbiome, as well as sleep support, assistance with energy, and so much more. So if you want to take full ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. I find that these five free travel packs are so convenient when you're traveling. In fact, I was in Los Angeles last week and I used one each day that I was away. Go to athleticgreens.com slash ifpodcast. That's athleticgreens.com slash ifpodcast and check it out. 
So we have a question from Janie. The subject is teas, and Janie says, hello. I'm still unclear about which teas are clean. I was hoping you could clarify for me, please. I drink herbals, chamomile, and nighttime before bed, consisting of oat flour, licorice root, lavender flour, lime flour, tulsi leaf, and valerian root, and red bush without milk with natural oil of bergamot to give it an earl gray flavor. Are these considered clean from a fasting perspective? Many thanks and best wishes, Janie. Well, Janie, these are the types of questions that are so common for us to receive. I I think it's all about keeping things pretty simple. If we're looking at clean fasting, when I start seeing all these different flower essences and I know nothing about oat flour. Obviously, you know, licorice root. I don't I don't know how that's prepared. I, I would say when in doubt, leave it out and just enjoy this in your feeding window. You mentioned the Rubio's tea and then the natural oil of bergamot. I just kind of think that might be something that's processed because it says to give it an Earl Grey flavor. Again, when in doubt, leave it out and enjoy in your fasted window. I, I think about, excuse me, your feeding window. I think about like really simple things like ginger tea, green tea, black tea, like really keeping it simple and it's designed to be bitter. When you start introducing all these other flavor profiles, I start thinking potentially depending on how it was processed and we're really getting nuanced here and I don't want anyone to stress about this, but the more that's done to the tea leaves themselves to make them palatable, I just think that deals with more processing and... I don't know if anyone knows this, but actually most teas are also like highly contaminated. So this is something where it's it's worth it to spend a little bit more money and get an organic version. I like peak tea. That's that's I like their green tea a lot. I, I, I don't prefer black tea. It's a little scooch too bitter for me. But when I'm really trying to, you know, ensure I'm getting those beneficial polyphenols, I, I try to be conscientious about sourcing. So just kind of as an aside. Don't stress about this, but the more that's done to the product to get it on the market, the more processing or exposure to oils, et cetera, the more I get concerned that there might be things in there that we want to avoid in a fasted state. Is Peak Tea, that's Jason Fung's company, right? Peak, yeah. Peak, okay. Did he do anything special for it to make it? Yeah, there. It's it's like carefully sourced and... It's super clean. I believe it's organic. Yeah, it's sustainably sourced, USDA organic certified and triple toxin screened. They're sourced in the highest quality family farms from all over the world. Yeah, it's saying they're amongst the world's greatest and most protected sources of biodiversity. Nice. Yeah, because I'm glad you brought up that aspect because going back to what we were talking about earlier with the juices, the toxins in teas can really be a problem. I know even like heavy metal contamination in teas is an issue. A lot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's something that I think a lot of people just don't realize. It's like, I don't want people to then be paranoid, but yes. Yes. So I thought that was a very comprehensive answer. So, but I think it's, you know, I understand because tea can be super delicious and some of these, you know, attributes, I'm sure, make this wonderful synergistic flavor profile. But when it starts getting complicated, I'm just like, listen, just have the bitter tea. Yeah, I remember when I was for I, this was probably when I was doing fasting and low carb, but I wasn't paleo yet. I would drink like all the teas, and like there was this sugar cookie sleigh ride tea that Celestial Sea. I would oh I would drink all the Celestial Season Season teas. 
They're all super sugary. Yeah. Or they're like very flavory. I remember that sugar cookie one was so delicious, but then I remember it actually said that it was not gluten-free and I was like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, and and it's interesting because I was just in London and we did this whole like high tea service, which was so much fun. And my cousin was like, dare I ask? (laughs) She's like, dare I ask? And I was like, God, I mean, we're in London. They should have high quality tea, right? Was it? No. They were like, well, you know, we source from here and yes, it should be, but we don't want a hundred percent certainty. And I was just like, oh, microplastics and all sorts of things that have the potential for being in our teas, which, you know, no one wants that. Yep. Okie dokie. Shall we go on to our next question? Absolutely. This is from Denise. Subject is communion. Loved your book and everything it has taught me to totally change my life and lose 44 pounds so far and still going. Here's my question. I had been away from church since I started intermittent fasting, mainly due to work, but have recently gone back and stopped working on Sundays. As soon as I put the host in my mouth, it dawned on me that I just ended my fast for the day several hours too early. I love God, but is there anything I can do next Sunday so this doesn't happen again? I like the fasting approach I'm using, so I'd rather not change it, and I was thinking maybe I could take the host home until it's time to have lunch, but I'm not sure if that's acceptable either. I have a feeling you've come across this question before, and I'm curious to see your answer. Doing a search didn't specify anything to do with intermittent fasting and communion, only religious fasting. I'll appreciate any insight you might have. Have a lovely day, Denise. All right, Denise. Thank you so much for your question. This also is one we've answered on the show, but it was a while ago, and so I am excited to hear Cynthia's answer. For my answer, when it comes to something like this kind of relates to what we were talking about earlier with just like lifestyle choices. So if this is something, you know, religious, I just, I wouldn't personally would not worry about it. I would just engage in the religious tradition or whatever it may be and not sweat it. And it's a very small amount of presumably bread. She's got, she's talking about, I didn't know it was called host. I've never heard it called that before. She's probably Catholic. That's what we call it. Oh, you do? Okay. Maybe. I don't think we call it that. Um, so maybe we do. So I I wouldn't stress about it. Of course, if it was something where you know, you're celiac and you couldn't have bread, that would be like a different thing. I do wonder with stuff like that on the rise, do you know if some churches adapt for that? Do they do like gluten-free? I am told that some Catholic churches offer gluten-free options but I don't think it's the norm. Okay. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. That's my thoughts on it. I would just I would not I would not stress about it. It's a small amount. Hopefully you don't get crazy blood sugar swings from it and you know, you can just get back into your fasted state pretty quickly. You could take some berberine, some Avalonex berberine before. What are your thoughts, Cynthia? Well, I have actually not answered this question in this context before. I think that our relationship with our spiritual life and our religion is a very personal one. I am Catholic, was raised Roman Catholic. And when I go to Mass on a Sunday or a Saturday, I just don't let it be a stressor. With that being said, I think the it's big picture. Like we, we need to focus on what's the big picture. You are standing in communion line, you are taking Holy Communion, you are 
putting the host into your mouth that basically disintegrates almost immediately. And then you swallow it. I don't think that should be a deterrent. I don't think you should bring the host home because in the context of being in mass, you're just accepted at that time. And so I, I think that, you know, whether it's 1030 mass, 11 o'clock mass, you know, it's, it's once a week. I don't think it should be a source of stress. Certainly when I go to mass, I only go twice a month, sometimes once a month, you know, coming off the pandemic, we really got out of the habit of doing it. I, I don't even, it doesn't even register. It's just part of the the ritual of being in Mass. And to me, my faith and my relationship with God and the Holy Spirit is a personal one. And so I, even though I've been dedicated gluten-free for 11 years, having a, a host a, a few times or, you know, once or twice a month, I don't, it doesn't even register as being a concern. And I don't think it should be for you either, Denise. That's my personal opinion. Yes, two thoughts to that. I'm glad you addressed the bringing it home. I would not bring it home because, like you said, Cynthia, that's the purpose and the point is engaging in that, engaging in that sacrament at that moment. So I don't know that it's something you can do like a la carte afterwards, at least not for the original purpose of it. And like you said, Cynthia, it's such a small amount. And going back to what we were talking about earlier, like the big picture, grand scheme of things. I don't like to talk in absolutes, but it's probably not going to make any difference on your overall health physically having that one small little piece once a week. I agree. Yeah, don't don't sweat the small stuff as they say. Exactly. So, all right. And so we will end with one last quick question, also a carryover from our AMAs. Courtney wants to know, what is the one skincare product you can't live without? I'm obsessed with clean chapstick. Obsessed. It is like the one thing throughout my day that I apply throughout the day that I'm very conscientious about. When I travel, I always have it accessible. And so it's this organic Shea butter chapstick product. I I would say that is like my ride or die product. Like I, I could do without a lot of other things, but if I don't have that accessible to me, like I, I buy them in mass quantities. I've got them in a drawer in my kitchen. I have one in my drawer in my study. I have one upstairs. I think I have two in my purse. Super moisturizing and just really nice. How about you, Melanie? That's so funny. I never wear chapstick. Yeah, I, I have to have my my lips have to be moisturized. Wow. Beauty Counter has these jellies. I love those. I wear those, but yeah, not chapstick. Well, it's like a, it's not, it's not a gloss. It's not a lipstick. It's just super emollient. And the stage of life I'm in, I love having like really moisturized lips, like not so that they look glossy, but that's like my go-to. Gotcha. Chapstick. Probably makes me sound crazy, but I was like, oh, I know exactly what I would choose. That's so funny. I know she said one. I'm torn because there are two beauty counter products that I use every single night. And I'm obsessed with them. So I'm going to say both. (laughs) I've seen such a change in my skin from using these. And when I travel, I bring them and they're just amazing. So it's the overnight resurfacing peel, which it's not a peel. It It sounds like a mask that you peel off. It's not. It's just they call it that because the effects basically rival like a chemical peel that you would get, but without the toxins and the craziness. So it's just a serum, but it's amazing for like brightening and anti-aging and skin tightening. Oh, I love it. So I, I always wash my face and then I put that on and then I let it 
like dry. And then I use their all bright vitamin C serum, which I love, love, love. That also is just amazing for, you know, the antioxidants and the anti-aging and the brightening effects on your skin. And I think something that's really important about to keep in mind about skin is, well, A, I think our, you know, diet has such an effect on it. It's funny. I didn't start using skincare products for the longest time because I was like, oh, it's all just diet. It's all just what I put on the inside. I don't need to worry about the outside. And then I realized, oh, this actually does have like a major effect because you can directly put these nutrients into your skin. (laughs) So that's important, which is also why it's important to have clean skincare because you could also directly put toxins into your skin. So yes, those two products, the overnight resurfacing peel and the Albright C serum. I love those by beauty counter. It might change when this comes out. New customers can shop. We both have links for beauty counters so they can shop with either of us. And I know new customers can use the coupon code. It changes. Sometimes it's clean for all 20. Sometimes it's clean for all 30 but it's the words clean for all and then two zero or three zero, and that will get you either 20 or 30% off. So try those codes. So okie dokie. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. A few things for listeners before we go. If you would like to submit your own questions for the show, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. These show notes for today's episode will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 309. Those show notes will have a full transcript, so definitely check that out. And then you can also follow us on Instagram. We are ifpodcast. I am Melanie Avalon. Cynthia is Cynthia underscore Thurlow underscore. And then definitely tune in next week because it's going to be a super special episode with Scott Emmons. I think people are really starting to to love Scott. So um, that will be with Cynthia and Scott about her inositol. So definitely stay tuned for that. Awesome. Okie dokie. Anything from you, Cynthia, before we go? No, thank you so much for all the great feedback and tags on social media about the creatine. People are loving it. And I'm very, very grateful that everyone is enjoying it as much as I have. I wanted to tell you, Cynthia, while we're recording this episode that aired for me on last Friday was with Chris Gethin. He's a um, bodybuilder with like a massive social media following, and but he's done an Ironman as well, which is really cool, but he has a supplement line. But he, in that episode, talked all about creatine and how much he loved it. It's always exciting to hear it come up. I feel like I keep hearing it more and more from people. And I don't know if it's because it's more on my radar now or if I just am like genuinely hearing it more and more. I think it's both. Yeah, me too. In fact, now, anytime I see it, people... T- People tag me in other people's posts and I always, you know, agree with what they're saying. And what I love is that it's not just men that are talking about now, it's also women. Yeah. And I think that might be one of the reasons as well that it's being talked about more and more is that it is on, you know, women's radar. Whereas before I feel like it was more in just like the bodybuilding sphere, but now we're realizing the benefits beyond that. So awesome. All right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful and I will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, everything we discussed on this show does not constitute medical advice and no patient-doctor relationship is formed. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on iTunes. 
We couldn't do this without our amazing team. Administration by Sharon Merriman. Editing by Podcast Doctors. Show notes and artwork by Brianna Joyner. Transcripts by Speech Docs. And original theme composed by Leland Cox and recomposed by Steve Saunders. See you next week.